1: It's Friday, September 9th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes, big news in Major League Baseball uh, on this Friday. Uh, the competition committee has voted to make sweeping changes implement implemented by uh, Commissioner Rob Manfred uh, for next season. Uh, we're going to see all sorts of uh, changes on the field that will directly impact the way the game is played uh, banning defensive shifts, implementing a pitch clock and uh, making uh, the bases bigger by what, four and a half inches uh, all the way around. They, they're going to go to what, 18 inch bases or, or something. Yeah.
0: From 15 to 15 inches to eight, 15 inches squared, 18 inches square, Joe, 18 inches square. Is that? I'm not a, not a math
1: guy, so I don't even know what the, what the full size area of that is, but I'm sure it can be uh, computed. Uh, let's start with how each one of these rule changes is going. And we've, we've talked about these rule changes in the past. We've said they were coming. We we've sort of given like a preview on each one of these uh, before, you know, I've written uh, in-depth stories about uh, why, you know, infield shifts uh, have, have impacted uh, specific guardians uh, or Cleveland hitters in the past. So, uh, let's take a look at each how each one impacts guys who are on the guardians roster right now uh, let's start with uh, let's start with an easy one let's start with the uh, the bigger bases uh like you said they're going to 18 inches square um, and if you've been to a minor league game in the last two seasons uh you've noticed it's one of the first thing that sort of jumps out at you is uh the bigger the bigger size bases uh there's it's a two-fold reason why they went to it uh, for for you know, increased player safety. You know, when there's a play at the at the base, uh, and and you know the first baseman has a right to the bag as well as the uh, the runner. You know, you know you're get you're gonna have fewer guys getting spiked and incidents in that sort of nature. But it also increases the number of successful stolen base attempts, and and that's directly going to impact guys like Andres Jimenez. Uh, Jose Ramirez, Miles Straw, all the guys on the Guardian staff, uh, even Ahmed Rosario, who who run on a regular basis and steal bases. Uh, it, it's going to get them, you know, four inches closer to being safe every time.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Instead of, I guess, uh, what, 90 feet between the bases, it's going to be 89 uh, or whatever it is. Four, it, it's gonna, the bases are going to be four and, four and a half inches closer from first to second base and second to third base. So, you know, that's that's really interesting. And I guess, you know, if you're a base dealer, you need every inch you can get. And and it's really, um, you know, affected the, uh, you know, the way the, in the minor leagues where they, you know, they've had this experiment going. It's really, uh, you know, uh, increased the number of stolen bases, uh, you know, they've seen, especially this year.
1: Do you think uh, that guardians base stealers and base runners will be more likely to run now with the new uh, the new base size the new the new dimensions out there? Will it
0: impact the way that they view whether or not they go and steal off of a pitcher? Uh, definitely, Joe. Uh, you know pitchers are going to be limited to uh, either two pickoffs, pickoff attempts, or two step offs per plate appearance. So, you know, that, that, that alone is going to, you know, help a base stealer. And, you know, the closer the bags are, the bigger the bags are, it, it would, I think it was, it would really help, help these guys help them be more aggressive.
1: You know, gone are the days of Ricky Henderson and, and Vince Coleman, you know, if they walked or if they, you know, got a base hit and were on first base, it's as good as having them on second or third base, you know, within a few pitches, those guys were were running, and you knew they were running, and everybody in the in the ballpark knew they were running. Uh, it's it, it, it with the the three true outcomes uh, evolution and the you know it's a strikeout or a home run or a walk. It, it's it, it's gone away. The, the teams don't you know run the they don't want to risk running the bases the way that they they used to in the past because guys don't put the ball in play as much. There aren't as many base hits. And you're playing for the three-run home run more than more than anything else. Uh, is this a way to get that changed around and shifted back to seeing more traffic on the bases, seeing more running opportunities, and and more more hit and runs, and more uh, you know just more action? I guess is 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 the best way to put it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, stolen base attempts have risen in uh, in the minor leagues this year. To uh, you know, 2.83 attempts per game with a 77 percent success rate, as opposed to a couple of years ago, when uh, it was uh, about 2.19, 2.19, you know, stolen base attempts per per uh, game with a 68 percent, you know, success rate. So, you know, it 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 does uh, it it increases the the base runner's chance to be successful.
1: I love when Hoinsey brings the numbers and brings the t- statistics to back up everything that I just said. It's, it's, it's like, uh, it's perfect. You're, you're just reinforcing, you know, why this is happening. Uh, what do you think about this, this change? What do you think about the base rule change? Is it, is it one that's good? What what do you, what's your initial and gut reaction to it?
0: Well, the yeah, base, I think the, the, people the, like to see the stolen base, you know, they like that creates more action. I think, <laughs> I don't know. I I wonder about limiting a pickoff move, you know, Mm -hmm. limiting the number of pickoff moves uh, a pitcher is required in a plate appearance, you know, or a step off, you know, sometimes a pitcher just needs to step off and kind of gather himself. But, you know, every time, you know, I think we've got a good opinion of the fans' opinion of pickoff moves because every time, you know, either uh, a Cleveland player or or the player – on a team they're playing throws over to first base, the fans boo, no matter if you're at home or you're on, you're on the road. So I guess, you know, they can do without that, but I still think it's a, it's an important element to, to any pitchers game. And, you know, they're messing with that.
1: Yeah. Uh, the bases have been the same size for, you know, <laughs> if not a hundred years, then, you know, damn close to it. Uh, I, I I wonder why now is the time to change it. You know, Maybe the time to change it was 10 years ago, you know, 20 years ago, uh, but they they were really never there. Really, never was this push for uh, more more action on the the base paths. So we'll uh, we'll see how it, it it pans out. We'll see how it plays out. We'll see if the if the stolen base numbers jump dramatically in the majors in the next year or so, uh, and and that'll be that'll be interesting.
0: Yeah, Joe. I think Joe. I think the the one thing I like is the bigger bigger bag at first base because you know you have you see, that's where you see a lot of collisions, so that gives more room for the first baseman just to kind of stay out of the way, mm-hmm. while still you know keeping his foot in the bag. So that that's a good thing, I think.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's akin to the uh, the the orange bases when you see in the the beer league softball leagues the ah uh, the safety base at first where. Uh, the first baseman, you know, steps on the white bag and the runner has to step on the orange bag, which is in foul territory so that they don't collide. Uh, I've played enough uh, really bad beer league softball to know uh, <laughs> that you can, re- you can really hurt yourself on plays at the ba- uh, at first base like that. So uh, good to see that that part at least uh, being closer to being taken away at, at the major league level. Uh, all right. Let's talk about the pitch clock. Uh, there is... One name that will jump out uh, as far as the Guardians are concerned, uh, how it will impact James Karinchak when he comes into the game. Uh, as we've seen, you know, on this hot streak that he's been on, 24 consecutive scoreless innings in 22 appearances, and he's uh, 24 and, what, two-thirds uh, scoreless. He has been an absolute – he's he's, he's the, the pitching version of Mike Hargrove. He's the human <laughs> rain delay on the mound. Uh, he he works at his own pace, and, and there's no hurry in him. And he's been highly effective at doing it, uh, it at least since uh, you know early uh, early July this year. Um, how is this going to impact James Karrinchak specifically uh, next year when this pitch clock gets implemented? It's a 20 second pitch clock, uh, unless there's uh, a runner on base. I believe it's 15.
0: Yeah, fifteen seconds with no one on base, and then twenty with no on seconds base. with a runner on base. Got
1: it. Yeah, and, and and that makes sense, and and also all of those, uh, you know, the pickoff uh, limits and and all that is is also part of the rules. So um, it, it's uh, for a guy who grinds down and slows down the pace of a game uh, like Karen Jack does. It, it's really going to affect him.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, and Frank Kona and, and the pitching coaches have had conversations with Karen Cech about this to, you know, to, you know, to, to speed up. And the good thing is, Joe, like he pitched at, at AAA this year. He pitched at AAA last year. So, you know, he's used to the pitch clock. You know, I mean, he's pitched with it. He knows, uh, obviously, he knows he's going to have to speed up his delivery. Hopefully he makes the adjustment. But right now he's in a great groove and, uh, you know, he kind of, if I'm a hitter and I'm watching him flip that ball around on the mound and kind of, you know, do, go through all his gyrations, talking to himself, I mean, that that kind of, you know, that, that would throw off your timing. That would kind of get you antsy. Right. So uh, I think, you know, this he's using this as an element to to help him, but he's going to have to adjust.
1: Yeah, one of the things that Tito likes to point out with Karen Karinczyk is that there's some deceptiveness in his delivery and his herky-jerky motion uh, that really makes him effective, and I don't think that'll be affected at all by the the pitch clock. Uh, the 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 movements that you're talking about, the flipping the ball to himself and the gesticulations, uh, those are all pre, uh, you know, before he steps on the rubber. So I don't know when the 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 clock will start in terms of when he engages with the rubber or or not. Um, it's it, it, it it's it'll be interesting to see when it's put into put into effect and put in place um you know the first couple of times if, if he gets a ball called on and and what we've seen out of james karachak lately is he is pretty much guaranteed to go to a, a full count a, a three two count on just about every batter he faces uh, at least the first battery faces coming out of the uh, out of the bullpen so uh, you know w- one ball could make a a huge difference in a in an at bat if he gets called for a violation of this pitch clock
0: yeah the the pitch clock starts joe i believe if i'm reading this right uh, when the pitcher begins his motion to deliver the ball so if he's on the rubber and there's a guy on base there's it's 20 seconds uh, if he's on the rubber and there's the bases are empty it's 15 seconds where he's got to begin that that motion and that's when the clock starts
1: who are the the Guardians pitchers least impacted by this rule? I, I can think of three of them off the top of my head right now. Boy, uh. I, I would say Shane Bieber, uh, Cal Quantrill, and Tristan McKenzie. You know, ironically enough, the 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 three uh, you know best starting pitchers that uh, in terms of uh, productivity this year uh, are guys who get the ball, get in rhythm, and 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 deliver it. Uh, they don't you know go through a lot of sign pitch. has helped. Uh, you know, reduce the number of uh, you know questions on signs or, or shaking uh, you know catchers, and uh, you know we've seen uh, we've seen Shane Bieber games you know at, at
0: really good pace. I, I believe it was a two and a half hour game uh, the other night in Kansas City. Yeah, when when the uh, you know the pitch first came in, I remember in spring training, he would work so fast that he kind of got gassed. You mm-hmm. know, a couple a couple times where he had to actually slow down. So. You know, I don't think that's going to affect that. Uh, you know, those starters that you named, right?
1: Uh, I we did have a chance while we were in Kansas City uh, in the in the press box. Uh, one of the umpires, Adam Hamari, uh, came up and he was sort of talking to uh, Matt and Rick and Andre uh, and myself at the at, at the dinner table uh, pregame, and we were talking about some of these rule changes and and how uh, they're going to be implemented and and, and take effect and. You know he uh, Adam Hamari uh, re- recalled a story that uh, when they first started enforcing, or they they made it a point of, of emphasis about batters stepping out of the batter's box, uh, and he he went back to that rule and and said, uh, you know it, it's going to be different than when it, it, that was a lot more subjective. You know with this pitch clock, it's it's pretty much in black and white. Once the clock hits zero, that's it. You've got to make the call. But uh, he said he he recalled uh, Matt Kemp stepping into the box and he kept stepping out and Hamari told him, okay, that's your warning. You have to stay in the box. And he said, Kemp sort of looked back at him and dismissively and and said something to the effect of, hey, you know what the fine is for uh, for me stepping out of the box and getting called for it? He goes, it's $25. He said, they'd have to find me a thousand times before I even tried to, um, uh, you know, change anything about my, you know, my routine in the box. So that's going to be different. It's not going to be that way. It won't be, su- you know, subjective uh, to the umpires in, in, in each situation. It's going to be black and white on a clock right in front of them. Once it hits zero, that's it. You're, you've got to make
0: the call. Yeah, a batter has to be in the box and alert to the pitcher with eight seconds left. And if he isn't, you know, he gets charged with the strike. And if a pitcher takes too long, he gets charged with a ball.
1: Uh, I cannot wait until the first time Angel Hernandez screws this up. Uh, it's it's just gonna it's gonna be awesome. Uh, the 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 John Boy uh, and Pitching Ninja video breakdowns of of these incidents are gonna be classics instantly. So uh, that leads us to the the final sort of uh, you know take on this whole uh, new rules uh, movement here. Uh, and we've talked about it many times on this podcast. We've written about it in the past. Uh, the banning of infield shifts, the, the infielders will uh, all have to be two on either side of the bag and uh, their feet are going to have to be in the dirt. No more uh, playing, uh, you know, short right field for Andres Jimenez, which I think is, is going to be, uh, it, it's going to make a big difference for,
0: for some of these guys. Oh my God, Joe, this is, this is a, this is a huge change to, to me. I mean, <laughs> A guy like Carlos Santana might never retire. Now he might have a second, a whole, a whole second career. Think of all the hits this guy lost on, you know, line drives between second and 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 first base with the, you know, the second baseman playing it in, 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 like a shallow right field. I mean, uh, Travis Hafner might come back and, <laughs> and try to try a comeback. I mean, it's it it it's amazing. I mean, I know they want to cut. I know they want to cut uh, cut down the time of play. But I think this is going to make uh, this is going to provide a lot more action and might lengthen games. Even though you know, with the pitch clock in the minors, they said it reduced the time of game uh, an average of twenty six minutes. So you know, wow. that's a that's a critical uh, number. But this is this is really going to be fun, I think, to to see the the change in the shifts.
1: Dude, if we're going down there for post game at nine thirty every night instead of you know ten o'clock, ten fifteen. How great is that going to be just from a, <laughs> just from a writing perspective, just from a deadline perspective? We're actually going to be able to get quotes in our game stories for for print the next day. This is I'm very selfishly thinking about this. But uh, I want to go back to uh, the first guy, you know, obviously, uh, Jose Ramirez, who's, you know, pull side statistics uh, it, it, before this year. Basically, he was almost always a dead pull hitter and was always played that way. And like you said, he'd be robbed. Ah, uh, just like Carlos Santana, uh, this year uh, we've seen Ramirez sort of make changes, and we've seen him go the way the other way a couple of times, and and, and sort of make adjustments to the way teams are pitching him. Uh, I, so I don't really think it's going to have a, a huge, huge impact on Jose. But defensively, I think you know Andres Jimenez is making a strong case for uh, a a Gold Glove at second base and a lot of it is because of the plays that he's making in short right field.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a good point, but I think, you know, with his range, Joe, I mean, he's going to be able to make make those plays on the edge of the outfield grass, still make those diving plays, but I mean, I, I guess it could hurt him, but I think you'll you'll be able to see more of his athletic ability now and uh, Rosario's athletic ability and all these you know, these minor league, uh, middle infielders that Cleveland has coming. I think, uh, you know, we'll be able to see these guys play. They'll be like, you know, it's going to be like, uh, you know, back to, uh, you know, the days of Robbie Alomar and Omar mm-hmm. Vizquel, where guys had to really, you know, cover the distance between the bags, you know, they right. weren't, you know, the shifts kind of really limited their, uh, their ability or the, you know, their talent. I remember reading a story, uh, when Lindor, uh, Francisco Linder got traded to the Mets and he, he was talking about the shifts and he goes, you know, they take away the, my ability to be me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, (laughs) I guess maybe be careful what you wish for, but uh, you know, now we're going to see these guys, we're going to see shortstops that can go, you know, range, you know, left to their left and right and, and make those plays that, you know, the highlight plays that, that the fans like so much.
1: Well, here's, here's my final point. I'm going to bring up about this. Uh, how does this directly affect Ahmed Rosario? Uh, because Ahmed Rosario, for all the good things and all the positive things that he does uh, for this team, uh, he has very limited range in terms of today's shortstops. You, you talk about a guy like Francisco Lindor. We have seen him in the past go far to his left and never let a ball go under his glove. Uh, we've seen him go far to his right and and make that tough backhanded pick. Uh, I can think of three examples in the last week of Ahmed Rosario diving to his, his glove side and the ball getting under his glove every time. I can think of an error that he committed last week during the homestand where he tried to make a, a backhanded pick and and wasn't able to get the ball. Ahmed Rosario, for as good as, and, and as athletic as he is, he is not an elite defensive shortstop. And with these new shifts coming, or the, the ban on shifts coming, Uh, Does that factor into whether or not he could be
0: uh, a part of Cleveland's future? I think, yeah, definitely, Joe. I think you you raise a good point. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, the the front office and the coaching staff would have to take that into consideration. I mean, is he enough of an offensive threat where – or an offensive, you know, plus where where he can outweigh his defensive shortcomings. But if you're gonna play shortstop, you gotta make the plays first. That's it's like being a catcher. So uh, you know, it it's gonna be uh that's gonna be a, a great, a, really an interesting situation to to watch unfold, you know, this offseason and, and headed into next season.
1: On uh on this upcoming homestand, as we're at what, eight games in seven days uh at the ballpark, I wanna take note and I wanna watch and see how many uh, base hits, either up the middle or to uh, the third base side of shortstop, get under Ahmed Rosario's gloves, either on dives or uh, you know just plays that he couldn't get to in terms of range. Uh, I, I you know there there are statistics that measure this, uh, like ultimate zone uh, factor and all that. Uh, I. Uh, it'd be interesting just to get a small sample and see what his range is and what his shortcomings are uh, in in that regard. And uh, you know, now that's it's a legit question now to ask the front office: is does does that make him less of an option moving forward at shortstop if uh, if they were ever
0: going to consider uh, maybe giving him a contract? Yeah, All that's right. a great point. And one more thing, Joe: they th- this uh, the new uh, shift rule bans four-man outfields.
1: Oh wow, we saw that. Um, who do we see that uh,
0: against uh, Jose Ramirez? Yeah, Toronto used it, and yeah. I think uh, maybe uh, Tampa Bay used it I, in the last yeah. couple of years. Yeah,
1: it was it was Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay, and and Toronto they used it in Cleveland. We definitely saw it. So, uh, yeah, very interesting. Wow, no four man outfields. That's, I mean, I, I think four man outfield is a legitimate strategy if you've got two on the batter's side and one uh, you know like if if, if it's a, a right-handed batter and you've got shortstop third base on the that side of the bag and you put uh you know your second baseman as it declare him an outfielder and and have him play at a certain depth i can't imagine why that's that's a bad thing but i guess it's a it's a way to to skirt the rule if you if you're if you're clever enough about it
0: yeah, and you you can still use a five, you know, bring an outfielder in for a five-man infield, mm-hmm. you know, or at you know in, in certain, you know, like in a in a desperation move to, uh, you know, st- stop a stop base the winning run from scoring. Yeah,
1: yeah bases loaded. Can you play him over the can you play him directly over the bag? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, I might do that more often. That's that's interesting. Uh, okay. Well, uh, that's going to wrap up the conversation on the new rules. Uh, I'm in Minnesota right now getting ready for maybe uh, a baseball game tonight. Uh, a little bit of rain uh, throughout the day today. So we, we certainly don't want to see another doubleheader uh, as an option for these guys. But uh, if, if, if they play tonight, it's Cal Quantrill on the mound in Minnesota. Uh, should be a, a fun night. Uh, Cal Quantrill and Dylan Bundy. Uh, followed by Tristan McKenzie and Chris Archer on Saturday. Uh, Hoinsey, we will uh, get through this weekend and have something fun to talk about on Monday, hopefully with the Guardians uh, still in first place uh, on the other end of this trip. Yeah, big series, Joe. Uh, First place is in the balance. All right, we'll talk to you then on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast.